0: We made USAA insurance for veterans like James. When he found out how much USAA was helping members save, he said, It's time to switch. We'll help you find the right coverage at the
1: right price. USAA. What you're made of, we're made for. Restrictions apply. Greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome in today for episode 95 of the Palm Ones podcast. I'm your host, Char Char J, joined in by my co-host, Luke. Hey, what's going on, everybody? And Harris Productions. What's up, everybody? We have three guests on today to cover... Season 3, Episodes 10 and 11, Inside Man and Visions and Voices. Let's dive in. The
2: Jedi Knights are all but destroyed, and yet your task is not complete, Inquisitor. The Emperor has foreseen a new threat rising against him. The Podwans Podcast.
1: So, our three guests on today to talk about an inside man and visions and voices. Our first guest, she's maybe considered the fourth honorary member of the Pod Ones podcast. And every single time there's been Thrawn involved, she's been around in the picture. Let's bring in Alanis at Nada Kyber. Hello. Hello, my fellow Thrawn lover, Thras and Callis. And
3: I have my Callis earrings in. They're lost in my hair right now, but they are in.
1: Oh, it's getting crushed. It's I for... know. <laughs> but Alanis, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing great. I feel like it's been a hot minute since I've been on here.
1: Yeah, for it's me, it's a been bit. a while because <laughs> yeah, I haven't been on a live show in what three weeks. But you're not? Oh yeah, that sounds about right, actually.
3: Well, welcome back.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Last week I was gone. The week before that, I was going to Omaha, and yeah, that was a whole uh, craziness. But um, yeah, for everyone in the chat. Luke and Lannis are kind of celebrating their anniversaries. Well,
0: no, it's not. No, okay. First of all, let me just clear this up. Okay, our anniversary is on 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 May
3: twenty sixth.
0: But I sent her a gift early, and she sent me a gift early, and we were and we allowed each other to open open a gift.
3: Mostly because we're both extremely
0: impatient. Can you imagine the box that 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 box was huge? I the, it would have been it it would have been gone. By the way, I got. I by the way, guys, I got Narsil. Throwing it out there, I am now the right king of of Gondor. You guys is, are I, impatient, a bit, I
1: and I admire it because I'm impatient too, and I'm sure Harith is as well. Okay. Um, but Alanis, thank Thanks. you for coming on.
3: Thanks, bestie. All
1: right, ahead, and then our, our second guest on G is. You can mostly find her on on Narcina Five with uh, with Kino Loy and. Cassian Andor and you know all of his band of boys because uh this is the biggest Rogue One fan and Andor fan that is around our community let's bring in M at Stardust Em.
4: Hello <laughs> oh I like, I pause my, my wife I went out right at the time hello <laughs>
1: what's going on M? how are you doing
4: I'm good. I'm good. And Atlantis, I just realized I also have callus earrings, and I should have worn them. Oh my god, twins! And I, I didn't put them on, but I should have. Um, but yeah, good.
1: Good. So, Em, were you? Uh, did you, by chance, go and save Keenoloy when he couldn't swim?
4: No, I controversial take. I don't think Kino Loy should come back. Oh. Oh, come back. Mood. Or if Kino Loy gets to come back, Gorn gets to come back too. Because I'm just <laughs> saying, if the policy is we didn't see a body, Gorn got shot in the shoulder. So that's that's yeah. my trade-off.
1: <laughs> Interesting take. Well, I mean, I feel like Kino Loy could be one of the greatest club shittos of all time. That yeah. is
0: fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Andy Circus. Uh, the, there's a the uh, caveat.
1: Yeah, Emma,
0: uh, um, uh, it's good to be. When was the last time you were on? The Honorable One.
4: Yeah, the last Callous episode. And
0: and it was the same three fucking people, actually. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that was, what, like, earlier this season? No, early last season. That must have been, like, what, two months ago?
4: Yeah, was, I was telling Luke, it feels like forever since I've been on, but I just think it was because I was on for, like, <laughs> 12 weeks. I was just on all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah thanks for coming on and then our third and final guest he's just so happens to be wearing the same shirt as Harris but they look good <laughs> and he is our friend from across the pond and he's here to talk about more thrawn and partially some darth maul let's bring in bail at grandmaster Bale.
0: hello hey Bale. yeah also yeah. another caveat he doesn't have a sword but i do oh,
2: so- oh my god will <laughs> <laughs> will sort of, sort of be bigger than yours luke and that's not a euphemism is it? Are you sure? Anyway. Um, first of all, I wanna just say, M, I take this as personal slander. <laughs> um he will be coming back and he will be cherished. <laughs> and he will get a big old kiss. But
1: yeah, uh other than that, hello, I'm back. worry he was he was there on scarab. <laughs> no one knows though. Oh, yeah, Mel, Mel, she has intel that we were told, so percent He was swimming actually, that was why he was doing his swimming lessons.
4: <laughs> yeah so true. <laughs>
1: Uh, how's it going man it's been been a bit i know that you've been really busy with streaming jedi survivor oh mate i've completed that game far too quickly you've completed the game
2: i well, oh yeah. no 100%ing I've, ne- I've nearly 100%ed it what the um, hell I, I, I hey a it, it, very... it's a star wars
1: game we should be crazy about that you know
2: i i i, I cannot put the- into words my obsession with cal kestis let's just put it put it there um, <laughs> um but um <laughs> Yeah, um, I've been very busy streaming and uh, finishing my Game of Thrones obsession.
1: But yeah, been good mostly. Thank you. Bro. Yeah, and then can we take a second just to like, Harith, you can stand up and show your shirt. And Bale, you can stand up and show your shirt. <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned this. Yeah, like I like like just, like just like just the wolf, just the wolf, just the wolf, just the
2: wolf. Okay, I can kind of hover. <laughs> I Can kind of
0: hover. Well, Okay, first of all, I've <laughs> got a question. Here. Way, why the around. fuck? Why the fuck does it have have to have the wolf to be so far down? What? Look right! Like, I, well, I'm, I, it's trendy that? That that that's it, that's
5: weird. It looked way better in the Targaryen merch because the Targaryen it, it merch is awful. It looks
2: better. It's yeah. <laughs> good look, okay. Me and Harith both happen to be staple mark icons of fashion. Oh. It's not our fault that we're so fashionable <laughs> on your podcast. If you, are, if you are fashionable. I don't know what oh, you've got here. a sword in your hand, sunshine. Zip it. <laughs> <It's> very fashionable. <laughs> It's very blingy, actually. So yeah, okay. yeah. got oh, elvish. Do you have elvish? Yet. Yeah, actually, I can write no, elvish. No. Can you? Can you write elvish? That's what I thought, Luke. That's what I thought. Do you
0: have an elvish
2: sword? No, you don't.
1: Yeah, yeah no, I, I got sting. I got awesome. sting, Luke. Let's sting. go. I got sting. All right, all right. All right. I'm not we're afraid gonna, of we're you. Getting,
0: we're getting, we're getting out of hand here.
1: All yeah, right. We are getting out of hand, but it's so sore. It's fun.
0: We're going to start with the uh, Icebreaker question. Since it is, I didn't know if you guys knew this, uh, it is uh, Teacher Appreciation Week, and we do have a teacher here. No. Alan. Yeah, if you guys could guess who and, the teacher is. Uh, yeah. uh, it wouldn't want be, every- actually? I want, I, I, want everybody, I want everybody to go around uh, and say who they would want their teacher to be in the Star Wars universe. Oh, that's a really
1: good question, Luke. Well done. That's a really good one. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Rapid <laughs> fire. Now I gotta think, like, in terms of, like, in, like in terms of, like, being myself, like, war yeah, strategy, yeah, yeah, like, like no. if I wanted to be a senator or if I wanted to just, like...
0: Anything. Know. If you general? wanted to be anybody. Yeah, it's it's a, good, a good role model, in general. In, in general.
2: In general. Mm. Uh, being a good person, I'd say Cal Kestis in terms of strategy through 100%, but I've generally Cal... Kyle's a good lad. Obi-Wan. I feel
3: like if I am being realistic, Leia, if I am trying to fulfill every fanfic I've ever read, Thrawn. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: so. that's right. Well, you yeah. and Bale, please. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I think maybe generally Cantum Sai. I think, honestly, like strategy or fighting, I think I'd go with Saw Gerrera. Yeah, I mean, there Cantum, we go. Yeah, but I think there I think Cantum. we go.
2: Am I going to be out for a fake fan? Because I don't know who Kanto Sai is. Is that He's, from...
4: Uh, are they a higher public? They are...
2: Um, I've not read Phase 2. Jedi. I Phase Jedi
4: 2. No, Phase 1. They're the Jedi Master of Lula. Oh, They're yeah, yeah. Jedi oh, oh, yeah. And the, oh. and the, and the um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adventures, yeah. They, they don't okay, make it into the adult trilogy at all, but...
0: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. That's a
4: good
2: one.
1: Yeah, yeah no, I've, I've done the books, not the comics. I need to do the comics now. Um, cool. Char? And well, in terms of just being a person, and also like, I feel like that he would be a great mentor, but also a great dad. Like, if if I was dad his kid, figure. I'd say Bail Organa, because okay. be just just because, oh, yeah, because That's we see like one. how much of an impact he is, like not just like around the people he is, but like for the galaxy. And mm-hmm. also like just seeing the sure. little snippet of him in Leia and Kenobi and their relationship, he's like, I want to go way past Cato, and then they have like their little handshake, and uh, it was just a really touching moment. But I feel like. Since Bale is such an icon, I feel like that will want to follow his footsteps. Thank you, Cha. Yep. Thank
5: mm-hmm. you. And yeah. Harris? Well, probably because I've
0: Jedi Survivor Brain Rot on the mind, but it's your agenda. Gotcha. Oh, nice. Good one, actually. That's a good one. Well, I've got a little surprise for Alanis, so we're
1: gonna watch this.
3: <laughs> uh, what is this? I'm
1: about to find out. You have chosen to nurture hope as I once did. Your efforts
2: are not unnoticed, for you have bestowed one of the greatest gifts in life to those who carry our future in their hands. I wish you all the best successes in life. May warrior's fortune smile upon you.
1: Hey, bestie. Happy Teacher Appreciation Week. I know I wouldn't be where I am today if it weren't for the teachers that put in that extra effort and poured their love, support and invested into my life. And I know that you are going to be that teacher for several of these kids in the future when they think about the teachers that impacted them because of all the love and care that you pour into your work. It will not go unappreciated. I love you, Bestie. Happy Teacher Appreciation Week.
4: Bestie Chris! Happy Teacher Appreciation Day, Alanis. We just wanted to let you know that we appreciate you for everything that you do. I know sometimes it seems really difficult and hard, but you push through it and you are so amazing with what you do. Every time you send me things of what you've put together for your kids, I am always amazed and I wish that I could be in your class. I'm so jealous of these kids that are getting to be taught by you because I know that You're just an amazing teacher and you push through it and you're just incredible and you really shine. So thank you for what you do. And I know that those kids are gonna come back to thank you too.
0: Hey, bestie, Alanis. Oh my
5: God, happy teacher appreciation. You makes one of the best teachers out there that I know. Um, Those kids are so lucky to have you as their teacher. Your creative spark, your passion is so infectious and you're so amazing. And we as a community are so much better for having you in it. I hope you have a fantastic Teacher Appreciation Week, and thank you so much for being you. Bye, bestie.
3: Hi, Alanis. Happy Teacher Appreciation Week, but of course, I appreciate you every week because you're such a good friend, and I love you so much, but you are definitely the coolest teacher I know. So I hope you have an amazing week, and I love you, and uh, yeah, bye.
0: Hey, Alanis. I just want to say Happy Teachers Appreciation Month. I know how trying that can be and how challenging, it is.
2: but yeah,
0: she's a special and strong person to be able to do that to teach other people's kids. But the way you do it is amazing. I love that you integrate Star Wars with your learning um, for your class and everything. So thank you for what you do. I love you as a person. Thank you as a teacher. I lo- and I haven't seen your teaching skills yet. But- <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the great work and. The Force be with you.
4: Alanis, my sister in the Force. (laughs) Um, it is teacher appreciation week and so I just wanted to send along my appreciation for you not only as like a teacher but just as a human being in general because you are absolutely amazing um you are such a special person you are so witty and so brilliant and so beautiful and in all honesty watching your panel at Star Wars Celebration and seeing like the depth of passion that you have not only for Star Wars but for genuinely wanting to help people and make the world a better place it just it literally almost moved me to tears um I have Enjoyed getting to know you better so much over the past year, and I look forward to our continued adventures together. Um, and I just wanted to let you know that you are seen and you are loved, and I hope that you are having an amazing week, feeling as loved and as seen um, as you very much deserve. Hi, bestie. Happy Teacher Appreciation <laughs> Week. You are awesome and a great teacher, and you're doing an amazing job, even when you think you're not. I love you so much, and may the force be with you and all of that. Hey babe, didn't know
0: uh, how you were going to take this, but um, there's not much else I can really say, Um, but you're amazing, Uh, keep your head up, you, uh, like Beth said, you are heard, you are seen, it might not seem like it, but but you have a huge support group behind you, Um, so we love you, and uh, happy uh, Teacher Appreciation Week.
3: Aw, guys! Thanks. I
0: had to take That's you off Twitter Circle, shit. by the way, for that. <laughs> so now two can play at that game. Uh, there were I'm other <laughs> Twitter circles. There, there were there were others that wanted to be in it. They just didn't get it into me.
3: Thanks, everyone. I did notice that Brooke. I'm like, wow, the bestie. <laughs> <laughs> The bestie agenda has really come through. That's and your he's saying,
1: with you. That's your saying. Yeah. Hey, bestie. <laughs> you call everyone your bestie, so like I feel like it's kind of rubbed off on everyone. So, so yeah.
3: we're all besties, communal besties. That's a cult, actually. Never mind. <laughs> I've always said Atlantis
0: owns the copyright on bestie. Yep. But with that out of the way, let's dive into the story of these two episodes. So, in typical Luke fashion, I completely forgot that Visions and Voices was even a thing! So, Undrapeful. here we are, uh, covering both episodes. Uh, first episode we're covering is the Inside Man. Uh, Ezra and Kanan go to Lothal, and their plan is to disrupt the creation of, which they don't know, uh, the of Thrawn's TIE Defender production. Uh, they go in. Uh the the rancher guy, the farm guy from the first season. Can't remember his name.
4: Doug Dimadone.
2: <laughs> Doug Dimadone. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sumar.
4: Yeah.
0: Um uh, they they infiltrate the facility. Uh Callus and Pride and Thrawn are there. Thrawn notices that. Uh this is the only factory that is having issues with that that are having issues with their machinery. He goes in, he basically snuffs out. The uh, the the rebels, Kanan and Ezra have to figure out a way to get out. They use chopper. They push. They they basically push. Uh, well, Ezra has a little bit of fun with Callus and push force pushes him really hard, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And then they escaped. That's Inside Man, short and long of it. And then you got voices and uh, visions and voices. Malls finally gets into Ezra's head. Ezra starts seeing him. He attacks the people on the Rebel base. They go to the Bendu. The Bendu talks a little bit. Maul shows up. Maul takes him to Dathomir. Uh, Kanan and Sabine put a tracker in his gauntlet. They follow him. Maul and Ezra end up finding out that Obi-Wan is on Tatooine. They finish the vision of what they started in the Holocron episode. And then basically Maul goes, hey, join me again. And Ezra says no. And Maul takes off and the Night Sisters take over, uh, Dead Night Sisters take over uh, Sabine and Kanan. Ezra saves them and they're on their way. There you go. Long and short of that. All right. So, first question is going to be about the Inside Man. So, in this episode, how does uh, Ezra's mission on Lothal and his encounters with Callus provide a deeper exploration of the themes of allegiance, betrayal, and redemption in the show and also in the Star Wars universe?
3: Well, that's like the whole point of it.
5: Isn't that all night movies in one?
3: <laughs> well, yeah. Give me a little bit Sorry. more, though.
2: Um, <clears throat> Come on. I mean, there was there was one thing I did want to point out to the to regard of of I, I guess callous turning. Um, the scene that you get where Thrawn pushes the guy on the speeder bike to the point of it exploding, you can notice the reactions. And there's a really stark parallel between Orinda Price and Callus. There's like, cause Callus is shocked. He's almost like kind of borderline horrified that he's Thrawn's essentially strapped a man to a bomb knowingly and then just boom. Um, but then you've got Callus's kind of look at sh- look of shock, and then eventually we find out later in the episode that, that he is Fulcrum, which is, I guess, a foreshadowing. Um, but that was one of the things that I did notice that I thought was quite cool.
3: Agreed. Um, the other thing, too, that I really like about this episode, rewatching it, is right before, um, you know, Thrawn does that... Um, Callus basically says something along the lines of like, um, stand sharp, you know, this is an inspection, yada yada yada. Imperial high and command. Bring in Thrawn. Yep. Um, mm. but he doesn't sound excited. Mm. Like when Callus Barks orders, you know, pre-honorable uh honorable ones, it's very sharp, it's very confident, it's like, you know, get in line, motherfuckers. And mm. he just sounds so exhausted. And, you know, it's covered up by the fact that, you know, he relays that it's not a good surprise. um. So that, I think, is something really powerful about it and leads into, you know, the themes of betrayal and allegiance. Because at this point, his allegiance to the Empire is gone.
4: It's also, yeah. like the first not the first but like i the heaviest indication that we get that the thing that happened with sabine was in a one-off you know he says, tell Tell gareth that we're even as like a kind of way to uh throw us off that he is more committed to the cause so yeah when we're thinking about like allegiance the fact that like his allegiance is fully to like the rebellion, is to uh, in the sense that he says, like, in that episode, to like Zeb and uh, in extension, like the ghost crew for what they did to him or did for him in showing him the light. I guess. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting, yeah, to watch that like subtle change in him, like you're saying, where he sounds more tired, he's not as enthusiastic and not as probably like, um. The only phrase I can come up with is bootlicky, as he might have been. (laughs) (laughs) Yuppie's
2: also a good term.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yuppie. Like, as uh, Caliph probably would have been with uh, someone in high command, like Thrawn, pre honorable ones.
0: Yeah, it it does play into the whole, like, obviously, Atlantis kind of was just like being a smartass earlier, but it, it does fit into the whole scheme of redemption. Uh, because obviously that's the biggest thing uh, of the entire saga, and even in Star Wars, what what crosses the line of redemption? Like, what because there's obviously debates on whether uh Anakin was redeemed or not. Should he yeah. have been redeemed? Ben Solo, should he be? Is he uh is he being redeemed or not? Like, there's there's debates out there. So with Callus, how much redemption d- does he really need?
3: A lot a lot yeah committing
2: genocide (laughs) on a planet you know a
4: lot
3: yeah and then taunting one of the survivors of
2: that
4: genocide by saying i'm gonna kill you (laughs) with the weapon
5: i stole from (laughs) your heritage and stab you with it yeah yeah also also we do
4: see him straight up commit like murder in the first episode where he pulled oh absolutely for like
3: oh I mean, that's things, my like... favorite thing to point out about <laughs> Callus. like one of the few
4: early scenes we have of him he is kicking his kidding. own man off of a cliff i love well, bit... this was yeah. i love like this was a debate a while ago of like um can he work for the empire and be good and people were like oh well Callus. except no no Callus was a horrible fucking person before Honorable was. (laughs) The whole point of Callus's shift is specifically when he's no longer, when he's pretending to work for the Empire, then he is good, yes. Mm. But like, and and honestly, that makes his ultimate like this redemption better, is that he was so horrible and he was able to recognize that and actively take steps to become a better person. And it wasn't Mm. just... A, a like a one-off saving someone and then dying. It was he was Fulcrum, and then after he was out of the Empire, he continued to work for the Rebel he, Alliance. Well, yeah,
2: he he put himself on the line as well when he was like spying, like spying underneath, like in ISB as well. I mean, we we've seen what it the ISB Thrawn. do to people, <laughs>
5: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
2: especially under Thrawn. But like the the whole kind of concept of of, of redemption, really, within Star Wars is. Ultimately, it's just perspective. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you could definitely make the argument that no one in Star Wars has ever truly redeemed their past. But I'd, I'd say that Callus is definitely a good contender because there's a show of trying to do better. that, And the fact that as well, and this is later in the series, he eventually goes to a bunch of up people and tries to almost kind to them. That shows a lot that you've committed these atrocities and you're then willing to go to these people and try and make them in. Because oh, I'll be honest, were I to commit an atrocity and murder a bunch of people, I wouldn't exactly want to go in a room with all their family. I think that would be <laughs> a bit all. So it, I think it, with, nice. with Callus in particular, it does it does put quite a good narrative of redemption.
5: And with the way the question is framed, it's like encounter with Callus right now, is he, has he been redeemed? At this moment, no, but he's starting down that path and is starting to be better. That's I think that's kind of the takeaway because it's like, Overall in the series, near the end, after the epilogue, sure. Right now, no.
3: I also think, though, at this point, um, had something very, very good happened within the Empire, I think Callus would have thought twice about staying with the Rebellion. Now, I think a little bit down the line, I don't think the thought would have even crossed his mind but I think Mm. there is still a little bit of hesitation.
2: He's not out in the open doing it. He's still trying to like...
4: Yeah, and I think that goes back to the tell that we're even. Mm -hmm. That is almost like Mm. a he can still get out if he wants to that can be a one-off thing and then he can recommit to the empire if he wants to but i think like at this point when two he's telling like kanan and um ezra of all people that he is fulcrum like i think that's his fully like i'm in this now this Mm. is i am committed
2: well i mean for me i would say it's like the end of the episode you have that interaction where thrawn's just like and we will turn them to our advantage won't we agent callus? and Callus is just like
0: that's the yeah. thing like th- I, I, it, it, and that's my i guess that's that's the other question is does thron already know that Callus is yes called, yes
2: called oh stone? yeah of course, he does yeah. the, the the thing with Thrawn? You can read him in the books. He knows who's done it. Like he, if yeah. you get like a Who have Done It book, Thrawn knows on page one. <laughs> you just can't prove it until the last yeah. one. Like you got to wait for the Thrawn splaining. You can't jump the gun. It's like jumping ahead in a, a chapter in a Thrawn book. You'll never understand what the hell's going on. I, to be honest, I still don't understand what the hell's going on. I just enjoy it, but yeah. yeah. I
3: really think, and I've thought this for a while now, that that whole demonstration that Thrawn did with, you know, strapping a guy to a live bomb was in a way to draw Callus out. Yes. Because I think in Thrawn's mind, he sees the rebels as such a compassionate caring put their life on the line for others exactly was really i think he was almost expecting either a rebel specifically callus to jump in and when he didn't he was like oh this is gonna be fun and i think that's why he did the whole art you know showing
2: yeah i mean especially with a whole like how if i can notice that callus looked shocked thrawn fucking noticed it like there's no way he didn't
0: anything else in this episode before we move on
3: let's talk about maul
0: just yeah how really nice. that's it really. all right well we're moving on to thrawn and the night sisters no, the oh, story. Maul- Maul- Maul and story.
2: i'm just
5: trying to imagine thrawn with night sisters And he's like screw you protocols i got night sister magic
2: yeah. yeah yeah i mean i would like to see how much that man can get out of the night sisters from just like the architecture of that that would be like an audiobook book of, of my dreams. Mark Thompson for, talking to narrating sisters. architecture. No, just, no, just look at the architecture. Anyway, no, sorry. No. So
0: in Visions and Voices, my question is, so we see Ezra kind of deepening his connection. We've seen throughout this season that he has deepened his connection to the Force. How does his connection to the Force and his interactions with Maul and the Sith and Jedi holocrons provide a window into the complex nature of the Force and the perils of seeking too much power?
2: Well, I think... The first thing of note is any time Maul is involved, it's like, especially at the beginning of the episode, study on the Force and how how tetchy it can be, especially with light and dark, as we see with him using the holocron at the beginning of of the season. But it, 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 it really shows the kind of fine divide between the two sides, in my opinion.
3: I just also want to comment on the dramatic shift between Inside Man and into uh this one (laughs) because like watching them back and forth is like because if you think about it i think inside man is a very classic star wars story you know what i mean it's the story of you know like you said before redemption betrayal like very spacey life or (laughs) deathy and then suddenly the very first thing you see is this like like classic horror (laughs) like scary like mixed with like
4: nightmare before Christmas like (laughs) hot topic surprise. (laughs) It's also so funny because both of these episodes leave characters off on like sort of major endpoints where you have like Zeb and like the whole ghost crew but like specifically Zeb now like processing what it means that like Callus is on their side and what it means that their time spent together like affected him that much and then this one you have like at the end Sabine picking up like the dark saber and everything that that has related to Mando and then immediately the next episode is like let's go to G and no yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's like and, and we're not gonna touch that for a few episodes moving on yeah.
5: also it's like the fact that we go from like a political thriller and like this to like mystical force bullshit on dathomir yeah,
2: yeah. rebels he's has the weirdest shit. flow honestly
5: but it works though that's the thing anybody, oh, you know, does, all...
0: does anybody else have the same hot i know me and M have the same feelings on maul mm-hmm. because i think he's the most overrated fucking character in so. all of star wars but people are going to fight me and say that Anakin Skywalker is the most overrated. And that's fine. You can have that. You can have that. You can have that uh, opinion. I
1: that's fine. The most overrated Star Wars character is General Grievous, by far. I agree with Star. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, he is up I, there. To be he's up there as well. I kind of agree
4: with that, yeah. 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 I mean...
1: I, I think this big bad deal with four like lightsabers Ma- can't even defeat a Jedi Maybe master. I
4: could have been convinced to like Maul more if people didn't tell me to kill myself. <laughs> because I thought
0: <couldn't laughs> have was overrated. Also stems back to uh, the when I did the, the, the character bracket thing. I picked, I picked Finn over Maul.
4: As you should, people,
0: as people
4: yeah. lost their
0: I was like, I genuinely like Finn more than I like Darth Maul because he's better. He's just <laughs> I, Maul. Yeah. Maul's just literally the biggest. Flop failure of, and, of and people
4: character. were so so mad. They were like, "You haven't watched Clone Wars and Rebels," and it's like, "I have. I just yeah. still like think he's like." I was oh like, "It God. doesn't matter." Like, I just still think that he, overall, like I enjoy parts of his story, whatever. But overall, especially in comparison to other characters, the way people talk about him,
2: yeah, like... yeah. I think I think maybe I'm just not involved in those conversations because the only thing I ever hear about Maul is like he he looked cool with double blade lightsaber and phantom menace uh, and. From that aspect, definitely over overrated. Uh, I think he's okay. I don't think he's like the best character in the world, or I I think I'd I, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say overrated, but definitely maybe over idolized. I, I would agree with
5: Bales' kind of thing. It's like, I get like if you're just like looking at just like his characterization in Phantom because it doesn't fucking exist. But if we're looking at Clone Wars and Rebels, I would be like, yes, if you look at his overall arc, I wouldn't call him overrated.
3: I think my thing with Maul is like.
1: Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
3: I think his story is cool. It's compelling. It's interesting. Do I think it's anything special? No. No.
4: I think especially in oh, Rebels yeah, where like yeah. we just talked about like I feel like there's so many more yeah, compelling characters. I think Kanan, Callis, yeah. Hera, uh or er, um Zeb all to me have way more compelling, interesting story arcs than Maul does. Like, I mean, especially even like uh Kanan and Ezra from the perspective of like force youthers and people who like a canon like and um maul kind of people who like lived through order sixty six like I think that they just have more compelling stories but also once again personal trauma if somebody makes a video of Maul beheading you it leaves a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth about the character.
0: <laughs> whoa, 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 wait, what?
5: Yeah, oh, I got told about this it was pretty insane.
4: Somebody somebody made a video um, you know, because I said Maul was overrated and they took that clip from uh, Clone Wars where he beheads uh, Vizsla. Uh, yeah, and they put they my, put... a picture of me over Vizsla.
2: Jesus Christ.
4: And then that was up for like, uh, several days and I only found out when somebody in the comments says, <laughs> who is this? So we can go attack them. And somebody Shh. tagged me and that's how I found out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Star Wars fandom in two minutes.
2: people <laughs> take fucking opinions far too far it on the do. internet. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
4: I know, I was like, girl... <laughs>
2: No, yeah. I, I just don't
0: I just don't get he, he shows up in the Phantom Menace with two lightsabers and that's what everybody jumped
2: on to yeah. the, the problem is he's incredibly disjointed. You could tell there was no plan really for yeah. him to have any more when yeah. they introduced him in the Phantom Menace yeah. and finally was like, Hey, why not kind of like bring him back and we'll do our own kind of spin on it? Which is cool, but uh, it's but, you can tell that wasn't the point in yeah, the beginning. I, it's yeah. like it's a bit of a disjointed I, mess.
4: Yeah, and I even feel like some of this, even Rebels to Clone Wars, some of his stuff feels just disjointed, though I do absolutely love his creepy Satine Kree's uh, shrine, which everyone comes and sees and is like, hey man, this is fucking weird, why (laughs) did you take me here? (laughs) (laughs) Like, both Kira and Ezra are like... It's like, what the fuck is
5: that? uh, (laughs) Like, imagine having so much of a revenge boner, but you have to, like, draw, like, your... Like, revenge is like, victim's X on the yeah, wall, yeah, crosses yeah. X's in it, like, what the yeah, fuck is like- wrong with you, man?
2: See, it's like, it's when you put the thought process into how all those things got there, because like, he wasn't on Dathomir, like, he was with the watch, well, I can't remember what they're called, he was with them on Mandalore and wherever, like, the on Concordia, so... After he killed her, he went out. Probably some random bloke on the street was like, hey, dude, do you have some artwork of the late Satine (laughs) (laughs) Kreeze? Like, probably hired the fucking white van man on Mandalore to drive (laughs) the thing to Dathomir. Got it out. It's like, yeah, I'll get the, I'll get the fucking wheelie, wheelie thing, wheel it not in, him, pop it down. Not
4: him whoing <laughs> up Luthen uh and. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! a <laughs> yeah,
2: if,
5: if, head, head if you look really,
2: head if you look really closely, in the background, you can see a little invoice just as Luthen's <laughs> done I
4: just imagine. <laughs> I'm
2: just <laughs> trying to imagine Luthen <laughs> and a mall so theme was, together.
4: Like... <laughs> Clay was like, I just wanted to get him out of this shop as soon as possible. This man's vibes were so <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> Gave him a
2: bargain of a place, just get, get him out the door. The vibe um, but are I didn't want Man, to say
4: take it.
2: <laughs> Briefly on the note of uh, the the thing that it, it reminded me of something yeah. symbolism of Maul with, um, I'm going to try and pronounce this correctly. Oh, no,
0: don't even uh, try.
2: Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Yeah, yeah, Sisyphus. Sisyphus. I think that's especially nailed here because he is surrounded by his broken boulders. <laughs> if you look at it, like that's that's one of the cool. That's the only thing I like about Maul's character. Really, is he's just destined to fail, and it's kind of funny because he's always ambitious. He's yeah. like, "I will retake," and it's like, "No, you won't, mate. You'll you'll six months later, you'll have a picture of on your wall. You'll be all upset about <laughs> it with paint on it. You will have a little temper tantrum, and you'll be fine."
4: You and also, I. I can respect, I I, I do respect any character who has, like, a really deep one-sided beef with another character. (laughs) Like, I do have mad respect for that, like... I think my uh my big thing with Maul is
3: when they first brought him back in the Clone Wars, like he was again that traditional horror, like fucking creepy ass spider. Spider. Yeah. And mm. I wish they didn't listen to like the Dude Bros and they kept with that. Cause I actually prefer Maul in Rebels because he has that creepy fucking air. Like yeah. when we mm. first see him again in the Sith Temple, he is like creeping oh. around like a gremlin. Like he's yeah. a fucking freak, and yeah. I think that's where a lot of that disconnect between his character comes in because he starts off as this freak and he ends as this freak, but in the middle we get this like weird dude, bro, like I'm the king of Mandalore, mall that just doesn't really fit with this yeah. like creepy vibe
4: that he started it, with. It,
2: it's like they've just changed I, the where they want to go with it. It's it's weird and kind of disjointed. Yeah.
4: Ugh. Yeah, I agree. I I like Maul, like kind of what you're saying, Galen. like I like Maul who wants power more for like this self-serving revenge rather than like this overall like revenge. And also, I get to be like powerful leader. Like I like it when he's just like a creepy little yeah, like goblin. Yeah. Yeah, like keep I mean, I'm gonna keep oh, yeah, creepy little dude, creepy Obi Wan
2: Kenobi. Like now, when you mentioned it, it's kind of weird that it, the the whole point of Mandalore wasn't even to defeat Sidious. It was just to get Mandalore. Yeah, yeah, for the shit. This
5: doesn't, just just doesn't
2: shit make it. sense.
5: No, it's just, it's just for Maul. It's just a giant fuck you to City.
2: like I, mean, I got my power you know now, two bitches. Mandalorian chairs. He wanted to just pose on the Mandalorian chair. Bo Katan did a hell of a good pose on the Mandalorian chair. Hell, I'd go to war and retake Mandalorian if I got to pose on that Mandalorian chair. But yeah. But yeah, it was a bit ugh. Oh my good god. Good job, Luke. Uh
0: but that's <laughs> gonna be it for my section. Uh chart. You ready? Yes, say it. And now it's time for the lore of this. <laughs> that was... No, say it again.
1: Say it again. <laughs> say that it again. Was, now, it.
0: now it's time for Char-Section, the lore of this
1: episode. There we go. Don't be too proud of
0: this podcast you've constructed. The ability to tell three interesting facts
5: is insignificant next to the power of the lore.
1: And the lore for in Inside Man and Visions and Voices. So today's lore is titled A Bygone Era. In the Visions and Voices episode, we see the Darksaber underneath an eerie painting of Duchess of Teen (laughs) Freeze from the Clone Wars. In Star Wars, there have been plenty of connections to the Clone Wars in projects post-Clone Wars. Some examples, Kylo Ren suggesting a clone army after FN-2187's betrayal. B-1 battle droids in Babu Frick's workshop in The Rise of Skywalker. Sister Maren mentioning an armored warrior with lightsabers who destroyed her sisters when she was a child in Jedi Fallen Order. Doc Ondar purchasing Ki-Adi Mooney's lightsaber in Jabba's palace around the time of Solo, a Star Wars story. And many more. If I I was able to get them all, I'd probably have five full pages of them. Um, (laughs) But everyone, of all the callbacks and connections we have to the Clone Wars, in Star Wars, what is your favorite one?
0: Whenever I see a L.A.A.T. gunship being used, whether it's in Fallen Order or Jedi Survivor. It's a good
2: one. I'm going to go with trauma. Like, <laughs> That's <"F-> not an <laughs> <answer."> <laughs> Okay, Dave Filoni. Okay, look, I can say yeah. I can say trauma and you know exactly what the hell I'm referring to. No, stuff
1: post Clone Wars brought back in. Because it can't be like a flashback to Clone Wars. Oh, well yeah. Oh, well, it has okay. Like like, like we saw the I Satine picture and we were like, Oh, like remember her back from the Clone Wars? Like Oh, like a throwback, right? They, like there isn't just paintings of Dave Order Sixty don't. Sticks on walls.
2: I mean there probably is somewhere. <laughs> Forward. Probably, probably the stuff in Fallen Order actually, like, like on Zephyr, exploring like the downed Venator and all of that. That was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Like all the little Easter eggs, to little tiny things. I, I, I quite liked them. <laughs> Chips. <cool> <laughs> okay. I, like, I
4: my name. I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was like, Sakura, I was like, uh, oh, I mean, I guess in, don't, don't know if that counts, but I guess, yeah, in Rebel Rising, um, Saw, it's one of my favorite conversations, actually, that uh, Jin and Saw have, and he mentions uh, Steel is death, and specifically how, like, the Jedi were there, and they didn't, they couldn't save her. Um, yeah, and even
1: in the next arc.
4: Yeah, he mentioned her too, yeah, but like that conversation where he talked about and like specifically also really interesting is like um the concept of like Stila as a martyr and how uh the rebel cause needs and of course he's talking to Jin, so like the, how the rebel cause, cause needs martyrs and someone that they can like a cause that they can rally behind. So I guess that is like I like that is my like favorite post clone wars connection is like the to Jin, I guess. <laughs>
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, when I watched Clone when I was younger, I was really hoping that, because I know that Saul was going to be in Rogue One, he was going to be in more projects. I was really hoping that he would mention Steela. And when he did, I was like, oh, no. Yeah, he
4: also, I know in the novelization, like one of his like last, like his dying thoughts is about Steela. Yeah. So
1: that's, yeah. these are all
4: sad ones.
1: See, <laughs> Bale, trauma.
4: I think it's a
3: tie between uh, when I read uh, the Thrawn book for the very first time and when they're bringing him to Palpatine. And he's like, I knew General Skywalker. I was like, what? Oh, uh, that's a good one. I was like, what? That
4: ending. That ending. That's a good
3: one. <laughs> I was like, what?
0: That is a good <laughs> one. <laughs> that was a very good one. I like
3: that. That that was that was really fun. Um, the other one is I love seeing the end one in Mando.
4: Oh yeah, that's another
0: good one. Yeah, good job. Yeah. yeah. Oh
4: yeah, can I forget? Like I was just thinking about like the whole cloning thing with Dr. Pershing and like <laughs> the, don't they specifically <laughs> mention uh the, Cam the yeah, the owens Yeah.
0: Yeah. And yeah. his tech talk, yeah, that's right. Also like to mention an honorable mention. When uh they're on Jabim uh in Kenobi and the, yeah. and the guy and the guy says General, all respect general to to Obi Wan. And it's like that's a callback to when he actually fought in legends on that planet. they're, they're mm. making that cannon. That was dope.
2: Oh that and uh now you mentioned Kenobi, the stormtrooper asking for credits, because it, it that was Steady good. Oh, you the clone?
1: Oh, yeah, that's, that's another a good, good one. Yeah. Wow that's a good Help one. veteran get a warm meal.
4: Oh I also mm. I do like uh whatever of uh, bo like, jab at Boba was about, like, Oh, his, his I've his heard name. your voice sounds
5: the times. Yeah, I've
4: heard that one's
5: a good one, too. Well, I mean, Chase literally said right my answer. I love the reactivation of the B1 battle droids in Mando, Bad Batch, and Survivor, and how, like, mm-hmm. like especially with, like, how it's used in Survivor, I'm not going to go into details, because so obviously the game just came out a week ago, but it's a really cool thing, like, how people are reactivating droids and, like, using them as war against the Imperials.
4: Yeah. yeah I think Saw also trained if I'm remembering like trained that's how like Jin would shoot at old uh, battle droids on uh, when mm. she was first learning with Saw
5: yeah and then also I gotta
1: mention Mr. Bones from Aftermath oh,
2: was, uh, yeah I was gonna say oh, that's Mr. A good Bones I love Mr. Bones
1: yeah, uh. um, but without further ado if you guys want to comment some Clone Wars moments your favorite but without further ado let's dive into the interconnectedness of this episode
4: there's no such thing
1: as luck
5: alright let's dive into interconnectedness we're not talking about Thrawn this week so fuck you if you're thinking that <laughs> instead let's talk about imperial encampments primarily and or relating to this episode of Rebels what? <laughs> oh, Jesus I'm gonna Christ I'm just gonna enjoy this yeah False labor. <laughs> yeah, labor, baby. In this episode in Tide Man, we see the Imperial and factory that's for the Tide Defender project that's being carried on Lothal. How do these two parallels of, of oppressive systems with labor camps and the factories draw parallels to the Empire's control and in the instruments of workers?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think with the Empire, that was kind of like their end goal. Like, if you were not at the top, then who cares what you do? And I think this continued system of oppression um, is what they're eventually working towards. Because if you weren't the one who was being, you know, in a you know labor camp, in a prison camp, you were actively doing everything in your power to not be in that situation. And yeah. if you think about, like, a broad majority of people, in the moment, I think a lot of us would be like, yes, I would be a rebel. But, you know, faced in life and death situations, I truly don't know how many of us are going to choose you know losing no. our lives over you know eating
2: going going further yeah. into that as well the, the parallel drawn between like you could say knocking a five minutes there's there's a key difference in the fact that
1: and we're back how are we doing anna
4: well todd things are heating up
1: Ooh, yes, Nelson with the jalapeno poppers.
4: Incredible. Ramirez comes in hot with a cheeseburger, patty, lettuce, tomatoes.
1: Beautiful formation. Is he? (gasps) He's going for it. Ramirez grabs the Duke's Mayo. (laughs) Look at it go. The twang.
4: Anna, this is the best tailgate I've ever commentated on. Tailgate with twang. Get the official mayo of the tailgate. Duke's Mayo today.
1: Here in Key West, we were out before it was in.
2: Keen to five people were, were convicted of something. These are civilians. Mm-hmm. Like, the, this guy was... The specific one that died, can't say specific, um, was working on a farm before the Empire took away said farm, and then they just shoved him into a work camp, which eventually had him killed. Like, ugh.
4: Yeah, I mean, like, I immediately when the farm thing was mentioned, I was like, oh, Skeen. Because mm-hmm. Skeen mentioned how his brother, I mean, he says he made it up. I have theories about that. But like, and then he was also imprisoned by the empire. But I also think it's interesting to see the evolution of like imperial labor camps. Like, and specifically, I think in like Rebels and this, you can see that I think they realized that if you put people together on the same jobs, there is incentive. It, eventually, they rise up. And it's interesting then when you go to Rebel Rising, how In that book, when Jin's in an imperial labor camp, they switch up the jobs that they do. They switch who they're with. So it is impossible for people to organize, to organize enough to either leave like they did in uh, Darkina 5 or to uh, sabotage the product like they did in um, this arc. So like how the Empire also adjusts to people figuring this out and becomes, has like a tighter grip on it is really interesting oh and then also like um this idea too of basically forcing people to engineer the weapons of their own destruction like you you know you have the people of Lothal building speeders that Imperials ride around on and ATATs ats that attack them and then obviously in Andor you have Cassian building parts of the Death Star which will eventually kill him it's so like that's so interesting to see like the yeah like literally the Empire forcing people to make the weapons that will that will kill them and also like how you can use people for that it's
5: interesting because in the like episode thrawn literally points out to arinda price like why are we grabbing people from lothal this is stupid because they're basically like you said like they're basically creating weapons that are going to kill them and her price like we literally had no choice the deadlines are insane for the tide defender so like i find that to be very interesting that like even the Empire doesn't want to grab people from Lothal because they see it as a bad sign. So it's like all these, like, like I said, all these different projects are literally interconnecting and having all these problems. I
2: mean, it also just shows you the the imperial perspective. Really, it's just like this is a backwater planet. It can work harder. We're gonna push because, like, Lothal is on. I believe the outer rim i think in
0: the middle. Um, it's like in the middle it yeah it's like in it's like in that middle area of mid rim out it's like still sort of mid rim into outer rim.
2: okay yeah. it's a mid rim system and they think they can exploit it and e- even by the line of just pricing we've just got deadlines mm-hmm. that already sums up the imperial narrative they could they just assume they can just do better because they're scum Essentially, it's yeah. It's just the empire seeing anything less than them anything smaller than as lesser, kind of. Also, yeah.
4: the idea that the empire will exploit anything, like if if they can't strip a planet for its resources, which Lothal had resources, like we know that from like the first Thrawn book. I think they talk about like yeah, all yeah. of the mining and stuff. Yeah, Dunian. Once they're done, once they're done stripping that then they'll go to the people next. And I think we see that in like Catalyst too. Like um, they'll see like how they just stripped the entire planet for resources for the Death Star and once they're done with that, they'll strip the people what, for all of their worth.
2: What they did with, was it the one that Cassian's, planet Cassian's from? It's the one that's implied we don't really know. Canari. Okay, like, Canari, they say, oh, there was a mining disaster. We all know that story. So There was also one on Jeddah. But like,
0: also, Canari <laughs> was happening during the Clone Wars, though. Mining stuff? We don't all... know
4: when the ins... but, but, mm. but that's also a good, I mean, but that's a good point to say how different were the republic and the empire really then that that it, it wasn't truly towards, the system like, of the, the empire stage. then it was the republic kind of just yeah. changing that the I republic mean, had already adapted empire-like the, tactics towards the end i
2: don't think we've got a specific date the instance of explicitly the mining disaster that they've kind of just said there has been one and it was obviously after cassian left so i think it was sort of said that the empire no, the declared mine- it was that the or mining was disaster
4: was before because that's why there was i think the idea is there was some i think there was a mining disaster because that's what killed all the adults yeah that there was no oh, adults because they all would have been working yeah. there yeah. and that that's would have killed them right, and then yeah. i think those imperials were basically or whoever was sent there were coming to see what was left
2: yeah. right okay that makes sense and that's why i he, just
4: and and they were like they're gonna kill him i hear i like
2: hear empire and mining disaster i'm like <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah when you hear empire and that It makes me want to lock my S-foils in attack position, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Jesus.
3: But that's the whole thing with the Empire. They only care about the end result. Like, they do Mm -hmm. not care how they get there. Oh, burn an entire planet? Okay. Explode an entire planet? Okay.
2: Scarif that's their own data mm. center and they're just like Literally. end result the rebels don't get the shit so yeah. blow it up. Yeah. The it's empire like...
3: is the true definition of having no checks and balances like they can yep. just mm-hmm. do whatever they want and
4: they know that like
3: what no they're gonna way. do mm-hmm. It's almost yeah. like a
2: hydrant well, and- you chop one off one head two grow back kind of thing Yeah
4: and they'd rather hydrant. destroy like they don't even if destroying everything means in the end like who? what are you gonna roll over in yeah. the end mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because in that moment, all that they care about is the immediate power that yeah. they have. Over, I people.
0: mean, look at look at Kashik. Look at the look at what happens to Kashik in Legends. They they almost completely destroy that forest planet in Legends, and I mean, they they I mean- enslave. The they
2: gave it a go in canon yeah
0: and they gave, yeah, they, they, they almost did it they almost did it <laughs> in canon as well I, so it's like it's it's wild it's it, and atlantis is absolutely right this is what happens when governments don't have checks and balances right because they can literally do whatever they want and
5: it goes it goes back literally to nemec's speech and andor yeah his manifesto and if you're wondering visions and voices i don't have a question because you already talked about maul's characterization so let's move into three interesting facts <laughs>
1: There we go. Three interesting facts about a certain Rebels arc that you didn't know about until now. Part 34, an Inside Man slash Visions and Voices edition. Fact one, switched episodes. The broadcast order this episode, production number 311, a.k.a. an Inside Man, and 310, Visions and Voices, were swapped after production started, partially because thematic connections between 310 and 312. Fact two, potential titles for Visions and Voices. Working titles for this episode included Dark Blade of Dathomir and Boy Who Cried Maul. <laughs>
4: oh, I should have that one. I like that one way better.
1: Fact 3. Origin of the TIE Defender. The TIE Defender design comes from the classic 1994 TIE fighter video game from LucasArts where it was depicted as the top-of-the-line Imperial fighter model. It seemed a, philo- a philosophical departure for the Empire, pouring such resources into a small fighter craft. But now that a rather unconventional Imperial-like Thrawn backing the project, its origins gain new focus. And there you have it. Those are the three interesting facts about an Inside Man and Visions and Voices. Nice, Char.
0: Nice. All right. We're going to put these two...
2: Uh, no, we'll, we'll rank one and then we'll rank the other. Um, but bail. I would say Inside Man will give Grand Admiral and Visions and Voices i will give Small Admiral. Uh... Uh, I guess an Admiral. I would say Captain, but it's just above good for me, so I'll, I'll, I'll go with that.
4: I think I'd rank Inside Man at Admiral. Very good episode, but not my favorite palace specific episode. And uh, I'll give Visions and Voices, like a can lieutenant I like how it sets up Sabine and the Darksaber, but... I don't much care for the rest of it. <laughs> it's there.
2: As far as I say, matching them both by the same ranking would be like a very big conflict of interest. For you. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah, but I like a, the Sabine gets the Darksaber and that, and for setting up that arc, it has to get credit. Uh, inside Man, Grand Admiral.
3: Maul one. I'm gonna say Captain only because the tonal shift. But again, I do give it credit because I do love the dark and the Clone Wars callbacks. It just feels weird. It's in it a weird place too.
0: Like, yeah, like
4: going from that to oh, trust from me, the inside man to, oh, that to Geonosis. Oh, trust like- me, trust
0: me. I was trust me. I was I, I I watched it and then I went to the next episode and I go, oh fuck, <laughs> yeah. I. I forgot this even existed. And then I was like, wow, this is jarring this is weird is it?
4: Uh, yeah and yeah. also it feels like it should be right before the trials of the dark <laughs> like it yeah. feels like there should be yeah. no gap between that
0: yeah you've
5: got three episodes as well. i also think I the think think inside it's... man would have flown better into ghost of geonosis and then that would have flown better into dathomir
2: yeah I think yeah, so. yeah. no you mentioned it there is a really weird so you got through imperial eyes secret cargo a transporting by then two droids just fucking around for an episode <laughs> hey don't <laughs> disrespect the droids fucking around that isn't one of the best episodes of rebels i don't want to hear that later maybe. we got we got we got alan rickman as a droid that's all i can
4: say i mean anyway. it's kind of crazy Them too like before this and then before an inside man is a fucking hondo episode
1: yeah <laughs> yeah don't 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 say you don't like droid episodes especially when ford into the black is in here okay but mm-hmm. oh no no, oh, no i'm God, not saying i, I don't like them. i'm just saying it's a weird that's tone crazy
5: shit. It well, I mean, Inside Man is probably an admiral, and then I would say uh, Visions and Voices is captain.
1: I, I have the exact same rankings as Harith. I give uh, Inside Man admiral, and I give uh, Visions and Voices captain, because Inside Man is a great episode. It just really fleshes out Thrawn and who Kallus will eventually be in the future. But also, Visions and Voices, not nothing really much happened other than Maul getting more in into Ezra's head, yeah. which will... Just keep, keep on stockpiling up until we get to, like, the Twin sons episode.
0: Mine, for Insane Man, is Admiral. And for Visions and Voices, because it's a mall-centric episode, it's a fucking lieutenant. Yeah, but- <laughs>
4: Luke, and I, Luke and I agree on so little. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but we're we really agree, yeah, on yeah the we
0: level agree with on, this one.
4: We, we, we agree on
0: not a ton, but that, you know, yeah, it is At least we, you got that. We all have our, we have our <sighs> understanding of how overrated maul is as a character mm-hmm. i will say them setting up uh sabine for the dark saber is is kind of what uh gives it not an ensign for me mm-hmm. um and kind of getting and also the obi-wan mention was also <laughs> another one for me but
4: yeah. the twin sun setup is good because yes. twin suns is a really good episode. oh it's,
1: it's <laughs> uh, peak yeah. rebels
3: Twin yeah, Suns is,
1: yeah. <laughs> is great. Twin Suns is great. Twin Suns is great. Alanis, Where can the good people find you on social media?
3: Um, you can find me at Nada Kyber on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can also follow me at Discovering the Galaxy. That is my teaching uh, TikTok. Uh, thank you again, everyone who sent a video. I love you. Um, and then you can also follow me at is an, Is Agent callus back because where is he, Dave?
1: <laughs> which was is I'm like waiting. what? Is he- it's like day like what day one hundred and seventy <laughs> something.
3: Uh,
4: no,
1: we're,
4: we're day three. Well, we're or
3: 300. Yeah, we're like almost in a year.
4: I mean, the Twitter Whoa. account, and then if you add on top how long it's been since we since the ending of Rebels. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it is a foul, foul, several
3: years. foul number. But um, one day, I, yeah. can, I can feel it.
0: Uh, also, get yourself a girlfriend that gets you a sword.
2: Duh. <laughs> Uh, I get myself. uh, I'm not gonna lie, Luke. It's been like seeing a kid playing with his fucking Christmas present. It is so
0: fucking empowering. You don't understand.
1: Okay, well, go charge in public. I,
0: I literally could recite the goddamn. uh, Hold your line. Hold your line. I could do it right now with this goddamn sword. But I'm not going to because we're M this podcast. Of the West. Okay, uh, Luke,
1: can, do you mind if you stop ranting so sorry. we can so sorry. the good sorry. people can find out where M is? Yeah, yeah M, we where know. can the good people find you?
4: uh you can find me on tiktok at stardust m on twitter and instagram at underscore stardust m and uh you could find me on my podcast kessel Red relay with my co-host uh live and Hay. we did not upload an episode this week but we just (laughs) did our uh may the 4th special so if you guys want to uh we're so positive about star wars and that (laughs) one so if you just want to hear us talking happy about star wars uh awesome then you should go there.
2: When's the mall episode? <laughs> oh my god, it just hits a mall for three straight hours. Uh, I- can I be a guest on that? I would- yes. <laughs> oh, god, imagine just having Jesse on that panel. Be- oh my god, that would be an amazing episode. <laughs> the-, oh, con- the thing <laughs>
4: is, it's bad because like we realize after our Phantom Menace episode, we all collectively don't really like the Phantom Venice. and then we like realized after their episode, we're like, we need to like get people on to like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get when they like things. So it's not just <laughs> all of us being like, um, "Well, anyway, yeah. Yeah, we'll <laughs> we do. didn't like it." But
2: um... yeah. Char, stop.
1: What? Well, I want to look like you. I'm cool. Uh, Bale, go. Swords make me courageous.
2: Uh, uh, well, the good people can find me. Uh, grandma on pretty much everything. Uh, TikTok, uh, Twitch, especially because I'm trying to do more streams now. Yeah. Uh, the Tinstagram. Um, at underscore grandmaster. Bear, Hold on, did you and... just say Tintstagram? <sighs> yeah, my mother's are you off on me. S- are
0: you are you, s- are you selling tit
2: pics now? Is that what you're doing? No, Tintstagram, Tint. It's like a stupid, it's what my mother it Don't dirty it. Um, but it's a British thing, exactly. We think better over here. Um, on Instagram, it's underscore. No, yeah, I wouldn't. But underscore Grandmaster Bale. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but other than that, I, I, and Twitter as well. But just go into my link tree, honestly. But yeah. Hairf, yeah. right, where can the good people follow you on the social medias? Well, you can find me at Hair
5: Productions on TikTok and Instagram, and of course, you can find me here at Hairf underscore edits on Twitter. Uh, Char, I know how you just noticed that, and you can find me here on the Pod ones. Oh, by the way,
0: Bale is selling feed picks. So if you want-
2: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. V- pics. this is the best i can do <laughs> <laughs> we're
0: all just gonna end with swords oh, anyway uh char where can the good people find like all the social media?
1: good people can find me on tiktok twitter and instagram at char, char S spelled oh. right here and you can find us here at the pod ones podcast every thursday nights we cover our star wars rebels rewatch check us out next week as we cover season three episodes 12 and 13 as we cover the ghosts of geonosis
4: who and, will be on that episode? I don't know. You'll so, find oh, out. like,
0: hold. Is that Saul Guerrero? No, 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 wait. Is hold on. So it's like is I, Saul I, feel, I feel like we should make a we should make a meme of uh the man with the with the with the thing, and it's just uh M being like, is that Saul oh, Gerrera? Gerrera? I mean, Like it plays through that scene. It's like the birds are going. Is that my em, husband, like, Forrest like, Whitaker? Like, <laughs> and then she just shows up on the podcast,
4: but. I do uh, think Forrest Whitaker wants to meet me. <laughs> 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 Forrest Whitaker probably has a restraining
0: order out of me. <laughs> um, you can follow us at The Palance on all social medias. Uh, that's going to be it for this na- this episode. We will be back next week. But that's going to be it. And as always, may the force be with you. Always. Always.
1: And also, may the swords be with you. Always. <laughs> exactly. uh-huh.
3: Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster. In a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together. Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org.